All right, welcome back to another long-awaited episode of the PCS Podcast. I am your host, Pokedead Intern Drew, a.k.a. Katana TCG. With me today is... Pokey Brews, uh, or Justin, a.k.a. Pokey Brews. Um, kind of a Pokey Dad, but not official, yeah. I guess. Nah, full-fledged, full-fledged, buddy. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm, dude, I'm doing great, man. It's, uh, work has been absolutely crazy for me lately, but outside of that, home life has been, been pretty good. Um, can't complain too much. How about yourself? I'm good, man. Work is crazy. Vacations are crazy. Got a lot of traveling to do this month, this week. Like, it's, uh, definitely been a whirlwind for sure, but definitely got to watch some Pokemon this weekend, and that was Awesome, and we'll go ahead and kick this off because I know that's what everybody's here for, is the regionals, and specifically Baltimore Regional. Did you watch a little bit of that this weekend? I did. So I actually, I didn't watch it live um, just because the weekend with the family was so busy, Um, but I stayed up late last night catching up a little bit this morning, and man, it uh, it was a pretty crazy regional other than, you know, we saw a bunch of new mirrors, but other than that, there was some pretty uh pretty good pokemon getting played yeah no i tend to agree and i know we talked a lot about like the previous regionals how it was just palkia and mirror versus palkia and mirror uh but i think i tend <laughs> to dislike the mew mirror a whole lot more than the palkia mirror because it's just like so hit with mew if i can't get their psychic leap type ordeal and <laughs> i i don't think i enjoy it as much yeah, precisely. And then it seems a little funky. And then seeing cards like Marnie and Avery make it into these fusionless Mewless is just funny. I know the the whole uh, research or not resurgence, but the uh, I guess the uh, the explosion of the the DTE Mew is just the it's insane. Like I I knew it was, I saw it was good, but I didn't realize it was going to come in this big of numbers. Honestly. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, Muse, Muse just good in itself. Drawing with Genesect is absolutely cracked. Uh, but it didn't win. And I think everyone's here to listen to the list that did. And I don't think I'm very surprised that this did as well. But it was Piper Lapine. I'm sorry if I butchered your last name. But won the whole event with Radiant Charizard and Shady Dealings and Teleon. This deck is actually like insane. When we saw uh, it come out with Ross Coffin in the uh, the World Championship, it was just it was crazy to see. And I mean, obviously now we see in the very first regionals of the new season, um, largest regional in the modern day era, actually too. On top of that, yeah, the whole thing. And on top of that, for Piper herself too, um, this is her first full year as a as a master too, um, to come out just right out the gate and win with this um, not only powerful deck but incredibly complicated for that many rounds i mean you got to think about every turn and every play and it's just it, it's pretty crazy to see how uh, how well she piloted i mean if you watch the the stream how fast she piloted it too yeah I, this this is just a great send-off to shady dealings i guess it's not really going anywhere but it's such a shady dealings heavy deck uh being able to attack with aqua bullet plus radiant charizard you know, it, it's just, it's super duper powerful. And I feel like just the synergy that this deck had in its entirety um, really showcases just how good Shady Dealings is as an engine. And watching it piloted at the highest level against some really good matchups was bonkers to me. Yeah, yeah, it was 
Uh, it was really crazy. I mean, there's even some matches I saw where it's like, it seemed like so many of the main components of the deck were prized, and she was still able to pull it out just every time with the se- proper sequencing, really. I mean, and it was just, it was it was incredible to watch. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I really like the, uh, the double rope, the rescue carrier being able to make a very uncomfortable board state for your opponent and uh, at the same time being able to recover everything that Radiant Greninja might have bounced off the field. Uh, I think that you're going to see a lot of Lost City from Lost Origin make its way into decks because of just how scary Radiant Charizard is as a card. Yeah, I was actually just talking about that this weekend with my locals, and a lot of people were like, no, you're not going to see a lot of play. And I was like, dude, I literally actually, I believe I said it was like, if the Radiant Zard deck is as good as it will, then yeah, you're going to see a lot of that. And sure enough, it won the whole event. Yeah, uh, I, I tend to agree. And I, I don't think that it misses a beat, really, with the uh, Comfy Chorus Lost Engine, if you will, in the next format. Yeah, yeah. And in second place at Baltimore, it was exactly what we were talking about before, but the Fusionless Mew deck taking second against Piper. Yep. Um, piloted by Isaac Malaski. So a uh, little, little quick fact. He's actually a uh, local Central Florida local down here. Played in many a tournaments with him. Uh, very That's good player. What's up? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's pretty cool to see um, see him do so well. I mean, all the second place finish. It's it's pretty insane. And beat Tord on stream too. That was huge. That was That's huge. Was. That's no. gonna be a huge confidence boost right there. Absolutely. And then for those back home who don't exactly understand what fusionless Mew means, it means there is no Meloetta in this deck, no fusion strike energy, no Elsa Sparkle. It is DTE and you're not getting the turn one two ten plus. However, you are still creating a very difficult board state for your opponents to manipulate around a lot of finish my turn, promote Oricorio and make you, you know, really find the math to take a KO on either Genesect or Mew. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those, like, you don't get that explosive turn one, but it seemed like just the consistency of it was it was so much better than a regular Mew, you know. This still kind of gets hurt by path a little bit, but at the same time, there's just, it seemed like everyone, you know, had outs every single time, even if they got path or Marnied into bad hands. It was just go, go, go. And, um, I mean, it just shows the consistency of this, even with only having the four DTEs, which... When I initially saw this list come up, I really thought it was like, oh, this isn't going to go anywhere because how could you only play with four DTEs? But like you said, the psychic loop, uh, loop or leap back into the, the deck loop is just, it's really powerful. That, and I mean, you do play a Silene and Palpat, but um, it, it really, really showed how good it is. Yeah. And I, I think that one of the biggest mindsets that we need to stray away from when combating Mew at any level is. You know, we were building huge hands with the presence of mind that we wouldn't get Marnie, wouldn't get Roxanne, or, you know, those Fusion Strike tablets are gone. I can count those being out of the deck. And then things like Marnie and Silene make their way inside of Mew, and it's like, okay, well, what can't this deck do at this point? And with playing four Pokestop and the same amount of massive uh, game-changing items that are in this deck. It just, it makes a whole lot of sense. You don't get pathed out, you get back into the beams one way or another, and it just seems like Mew is still pretty good, and it's one of those decks that's definitely going to capitalize on Lost City being around as well. 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's just it's really good. And then the other thing that's really cool about it too is for the Palkia matchup, uh, since it actually plays the Averys too, it can disrupt some of that you know damage that um, that Palkia is able to put out by just constantly playing Avery and discarding their bench. It, it's it's really good, and it's it's got a, it's got a lot of options to it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I, I as much as I don't like watching Mew succeed, I do like watching a different flavor of Mew variant hit the field. And yeah, you know we'll exactly. see we'll see how it translates into the lost origin meta. I'm sure it won't really miss a beat. Were there any cool decks that you saw at any level on stream uh, during this weekend? Before I go ahead and talk about mine. Yeah, so um, I've actually got two that I wrote notes down for um, some of my honorable mentions for Baltimore for the just deck choices. Anyways, in day two was um, eighth place Jack Moore with the Morpeko Mill Tank. Um, yeah, that's I, what know, that's I was thinking, I bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, I don't think anyone saw that like that coming. Whenever I saw Morpeko, I literally had to go and look to see what Morpeko did, and I was even like. As I was scrolling through, I was like, "Which more Pekka was it again?" Because and it was the, the one you least expect. Which um, it has, I believe, the text called Torment, um, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, and it's um, twenty damage, and you choose a, a attack on the defending Pokemon, and it can't use that attack. Which uh, when you're going against a bunch of these V Star decks that literally have one attack, um, it it kind of just makes sense. And yeah, they can switch out, but after a few times or after a few you know, switches, escape ropes, they're kind of out of resources to switch, and you just sit there and hit them and hit them over and over again until you, you end up winning. And if that's not enough, you play mill tanks on top of that, too. Yeah, a four that's count of mill tank at that as well. No, uh, playing Eveltal from Celebrations, being able to get rid of a bunch of special energy off the field, uh, playing a high count of Crushing Hammers to be able to deny your opponent any secondary attacking options after they've already tormented you in the active. Uh, this deck was just so sick, and it was such a shame to not see it on stream in top eight, even though it had a top eight finish. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I actually was uh, saw something Chip had said or posted, um, Chip Ritchie, who's one of the, the casters, saying that they actually had planned to put him on stream, um, but the match that they, they planned to put on, Piper, who won, actually knew she had enough points to go into first place, so she went ahead and conceded and gave him the win, so then obviously it didn't get streamed, unfortunately, but they did fully intend to stream, and man, I wish I would have got to see this thing play out. It, it, it's so so crazy. Yeah, I, I would imagine that playing in something like this, you realistically are playing a best of one. I could imagine games going very, very long in something like this. And one thing that I was really taken back by is, in terms of recovery, there's no ordinary rods, there's no yeah. rescue carriers. There's there's no Clara, but there is the Reggie Alecki from uh, the what is it Astral Radiance that allows you to just go into your discard pile and bring two trainers back. Like I feel like that's not powerful enough in a deck like this. But what do I know? I haven't made a top eight, and this did. Yeah. So that, that's super cool to see it happen. And I I really wish we could have seen it on stream. I know. I, everyone refers to that Regilecki too as the bad lucky, but in this deck, it obviously is really it good. Slaps. And then of course, they played the uh, the Ditto as well to copy any of these attacks just in case, say, that Morpeko gets knocked out or the Regilecki gets knocked out early on or something like that. So um, that, and it plays a very high stadium count as well, too, with the three path to the peak and two Galar Mines, which 
Um, I imagine those Galar mines come in clutch when you're sitting there bossing something up that they have no way to really retreat very easily after they've burned a couple of escape ropes or switches or something like that, or yeah, crossfishers even. And it read the field well, because I can imagine like a Genesect stuck behind a, a Galar mine where realistically Mew's not playing any switch cards anymore. They have yeah. to hand attach their their precious DTE that they can only silene back into the deck a couple times, and if you promote Eveltal and continue to discard that DTE, you've locked your opponent sufficiently. So, you know, it's super cool to see. What was your other deck you wanted to talk about? Um, so for me, and this was just kind of a personal thing, because I, I played this deck to a uh, top eight finish at a 70-plus uh, person box tournament, was uh, the Stonejourner VMAX, actually. Yeah, um, Stonies. That was, yeah, finished in 18th place, uh, piloted by William Crawford. Um, I It's just one of those decks that it's like, it's it's a meme, but not a meme in a way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it really does. If you have the right meta call and you, you play it correctly... Um, it's just a wall that you can't get through, um, and that's that was my experience as well. Like I, I expected, you know, a lot of Palkia, um, and I was just like, if there's a lot of Palkia, I'm gonna not play any bench, and they can't knock me out. I'm just gonna keep healing and healing and healing, and until I have so many energy stacked on me, I can heal with my hyper potions and knock out. And I mean, that's kind of what we saw. There was a there was one point when he was on stream where it was like he didn't even need to heal; he just went ahead and swung into the Mew VMAX player. Yeah. Um, the only downside was he, uh, and this was a personal thing, was um, the the speed of play on his was a little slower, but, you know, maybe that was just the on-stream nerves and stuff like that. Um, but either way, uh, it was pretty cool to see Stonejourner VMAX take a win on uh, Mew VMAX on stream. Yeah, no, that was super-duper fun. Uh, I, I seem to remember Stonejourner playing um, Pats of the Peak, though. Am I missing something? Is it just is there just another better four cards that got inserted into Stonejourner that changed it? So with Stonejourner, um, at least with my list, um, I liked playing the train courts in it. Um, yeah, it helps your opponents, but whenever you're using those hyper potions, um, it's it's really nice to be able to, especially if something hits you for a lot of damage, um, you can you can attach the energy hyper potion discard two energies get an energy back and then stone gift for the rest off so you're effectively with just doing that 240 let alone if you have some team yell towels or anything like that so it's kind of the loop if you say even though it plays a ton of energy there's plenty of times where you have not enough energies in hand to do those kind of plays and stuff like that so um that's where i really like the training court better than the path to peak itself although path is a very strong card Absolutely. I was just, I was wondering if I was missing something, but I could definitely see the merit in having that energy accessible to use stone gift. Uh, yeah. The, other than that, man, I mean, those were, those were for two very, very exciting decks to see. Uh, I really did what like watching the uh, Arceus flying Pikachu glaring Moltres deck. I definitely think that that was a very um, effective meta call and I really want to try it but i know that we're out of that format so i know it's not going to be viable anymore but i just i love galarian Moltres so much so it was cool to see that being like that the focus of the dark attacker versus you know utilizing the crowbat effectively and then having to evolve it then dedicate the energy to it where i think you recycle just a little bit more energy in with galarian Moltres. so uh neat tech neat deck everyone knows that you know, Arceus Flying Pichu obviously won Worlds, and it's a relatively good meta call for the field that we had before Lost Origins. So, uh, super cool to see that as well. 
Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of the, uh, the Arceus variants like that, especially Arceus Flying Pikachu. Um, I'm sure you saw my post about the, the deck I was trying to convince someone to play at uh, Baltimore or my the Flying Pikachu Core Ignite because I expected there to be a lot more Ice Rider, but um, it was funny. Uh, my, my buddy, Jeffrey Chris, uh, he actually messaged me afterwards. He goes, bro, I should have played your deck. I went 3-4 drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, Core Ignite hits the right numbers, and you know, Absolutely capitalizing on uh, weakness on a big three price Pokemon like Ice Rider is super sick. Uh, I don't think there's a, a world where that deck could potentially exist with the uh, Kyrim or Kyrim or whatever you want to call it being very, very good in the next format. So uh, you heard it here first from Bruise. Make sure you, <laughs> you keep your eyes on Corviknight. It could be Twitter. good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poke Bruise on Twitter for sure. All right, and then we'll migrate over to the Porto Alegre uh, regionals, and there were only 253 Masters, but uh, a very surprising teched-out deck won. <laughs> and I was... Yeah. I really thought this was a joke. I, I honestly did. Like, it made top eight, and I was like, all right, cool, I can see the merit in it, it makes sense, but then it won. And, <laughs> and I don't know how to feel about our format, or at least the previous format now. I mean, and, if you're catching uh, people off guard, you can go pretty far with things, honestly. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. But for those listening, uh, Dalton Acheta, Acheta, uh, however we want to say it, won with Arceus V-Star, Slanking V, and Blissey V. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a full colorless deck. It can very much so capitalize on running powerful energy. Uh, Sharon's Care goes an awful long way in this deck, but it kind of just looks like you went into your binder, looked for a bunch of colorless attackers, and threw them into an Arceus deck, and it freaking did the damn thing. And I am a it, did. it really did. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like runs the Melanie engine, but only a one count of Melanie, which you know realistically that's all that you need. But no shady dealings, no Bieberel, just then sparse, one blissy, one slanking, slacking, whatever we want to call it. Uh, four DTE and three powerful energy and a bunch of water energy, like. This, it's this very deck. interesting too. He's playing two ordinary rods in there as well. Like it's, it's. I mean, he piloted it great, but it's just it's one of those like you look at it and you really do feel like it's like oh, I can almost make a complete Arceus deck. What else can I fill in the gaps with? Yeah, exactly. Like like slacking is definitely not one to sleep on. It hits for a tremendous amount of damage for four colorless, but that's four colorless you're committing, um, and that damage goes down immediately once you start attaching things like the double turbo energy so it's you know it, it seems like a real big balance game but man this was uh this was definitely sneaky and i realistically don't think that there was a way to tech for this and that's probably what ended up making this deck so successful at porto alegre yeah i agree people probably saw like either the blissey or the slacking come down and go what <laughs> yeah what, what are you playing against <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if maybe there's a world where Thornton exists in this same deck and Blissey and Slacking become that much better of attackers because you're not having to share and care and then re-accelerate um, with these dudes where you can just switch into them from the discard pile. Yeah, I really think Thornton's going to shake things up and I could see it especially in a deck like this where it's, you know, say you already have an Arceus on the bench charged up and then you, you just go cool Thornton right into it and you just start swinging again they knock it out cool Thornton into the next one so 
Yep, exactly. Like if you're not going to be able to two shot, just switch into slacking and one shot instead. <laughs> it's that it's yeah. that easy, right? Um, then second place was uh, Raisa Aruda. Sorry if I butchered your name again. If you listen to the podcast, I'm so sorry. And it was Fusionless Mew once more. Uh, very similar list. Uh, four Pokestops, four DTE, no Fusion Strike, no Elisa Sparkle. Uh, definitely a lower count of Marnie, but still running the Palpad. Yeah, that's the first thing I noticed. Yep. Yep. Running extra shoes and a little denser count of Mew V. Uh, I would imagine that it pays off, though. I, I think that this deck is, uh, as we had mentioned before, uh, to be respected, especially in this format, and I think maybe in the next format it'll still pretty be pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's it's like I said, it showed its power here, and there's really not much coming out other than you know the Drapion that's going to really cause us too many issues. Yeah, but uh, it's so circumstantial too because it's. 210 HP, and you don't need to use any tablets to get it off of the field, and it's weak to fighting. So in, there are other decks that are going to capitalize on you starting that same way that Crobat gets kind of tossed around, unfortunately. But that'll do it for the top two decks in Porto Alegre. We will move on to the uh, Bilbo special and the number one deck uh, piloted by Pere Abros uh, Peretz is Mew VMAX. I don't have any info as to whether it was fusionless or uh, fusion full, I guess is the terminology, but it did win something. So all, all my predictions um, of Mew never winning anything are out the window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I actually did look this one up. Um, it was a Mew Meloetta variant. So it oh, okay. Meloetta's in this variant. Yep. Um, Dope. Which, I mean, it obviously shows that the Meloetta version is still just as good obviously it won whereas it was new without it where without mellow it was runner up in both so i mean still good um, mm. obviously but it was uh yeah it was one of the few new mellow that we've actually seen yeah i mean it won so maybe mellow is the catalyst you need yeah yeah the, i mean those explosive turn ones you know or going for going second with the explosive mellow is is very good, especially whenever your opponent starts really bad and has a single basic Pokemon out and you can just donk it. Um, there's a lot of capitalization going on there. Yeah, Crobat start, attach energy pass, yeah. and then you just know that you're going to game two, game three. <laughs> uh, but second place was uh, Stefan Ivanov, and I'm a very, very big fan of this player, and I'm a very big fan of the list that they brought to this special event, regional, whatever you want to call it, in the form of Arceus Duraladon. And I know yeah, everybody comes to... Power Tower. Yep, everyone comes to the Pokedads for the uh, Duraladon propaganda, and I'm glad you guys stayed, because it uh, took a second place, which is pretty cool. Uh, running four Tower of Darkness. No Crystal Cave, no uh, funny business with the training court, just straight draw power. And I think that it proved to be pretty good. Um, other than that, it's running the one Mustard, the one Karens, only running one Poke Gear, which I thought was pretty sus, other than the fact that it compensates with running four Trekking Shoes instead. Yeah, I was going to say the four Trekking Shoes, and this list actually plays the Tower of Darkness version as well, too, so you're getting a little extra draw support there with, you know, say you have an extra Duraludon, uh, VMAX, or an extra Tower of Darkness in your hand. Um, that's a little extra draw, pair, draw power for you as well, too. 
Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. I really do like the way that this list looks. I am still up in the air about the three count of fighting energy, especially um, with the ordinary rod. It's cool. You basically play five, but I've seen, especially against things like the Mewtwo V Union, where maybe just running a fourth is enough to catch your opponent off guard, where um, not that there is a specific card out of this deck that I would cut for it, but I'm a big fan of four fighting energy in my Duraludon lists, but uh, super sick to see Duraludon still hanging around. Uh, maybe this is a nice send-off to it, because I don't think Lost Origin is going to do anything for it. But yeah, still very um, cool to see yeah, it competing. Unfortunately, I think Lost Origins, yeah, is really going to, especially with Gudra coming out, is going to kind of, unfortunately, t- put Power Tower uh, down and... Uh, as far as the three fight energy go with the ordinary rod in, in the list that I play, um, I actually three energies works out fine, but I can definitely see where a fourth fighting energy uh, would be very beneficial. But I do play an ordinary rod in mine as well, so if I ever got very low, um, you could just recycle those back in. Oh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so GG's so Stefan, that's super sick. I did not see you playing this at any any event of this stature whatsoever, and I'm glad you did super well with it. I would not it. have expected Ivanov to play that, exactly. Yeah, that, that was the big thing for me. I was like, one of my favorite players, like my favorite deck in that format, let's go. Uh, and then we will give you guys the little uh, dessert at the end of this episode by giving you some Lost Origin standings, or a little bit of an insight to maybe what you could play at Peoria or going forward with the results from the Singapore regional. And like I had mentioned before, Lost Origin was legal for this one. Yeah, which is, it's pretty cool to see that we had a event going on with Lost Origins. I almost feel like more people are, have their eyes glued to these results than they do any of the uh, Astral Radiance format results. Yeah. Especially with just a splash of the, uh, what is it? The, Sword and Shield through Pokemon Go at the beginning of this season, and then the rest of the season is going to be Lost Origin and then some. Uh, yeah. I think definitely more people had their eyes on what was going on here, but the deck that won <laughs> doesn't look anything like what people are playing on Limitless, and it was Lost Zone Toolbox, which you, we've seen come up here and there, but this thing is teched out for every single matchup, and I thought that that was pretty spicy. Yeah, I've always been a fan of toolbox-style decks, um, and this one is just, it, it shows, I mean, you literally have the Sableye to place damage counters, you have the Zoror to hit Lightning Weakness, you've got the new Snorlax, you've got Cramorant, and you've got Crabominable for the uh, Mew, uh, Mewtwo V Union, you've got the Drapion V for the new VMAX matchup, it's just, it literally has a little bit of everything, and of course, it's, uh, like you said, it's that Lost Box, or lost box engine so it's got the four comfies it's got the mirage gates it's got the choruses um it's got a little bit of everything in it yeah no it, running a higher count of water energy means you can actually effectively attack with Grabominable as well as radiant greninja in a deck like this uh, truth be told you can even attack with snorlax i wouldn't dedicate that many energy to it but it did play three ordinary rod plus two training court so i guess it's not super punishable uh but yeah, I think that this is not the toolbox everyone expected, but I can see with three ropes and the free pivot on Zero Aura plus hitting for weakness that that combo just felt really comfortable. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that you have the Mirage Gates that allow you, once you get seven cards in the Lost Zone, that you can attach two energies to any Pokemon 
Pokemon. It doesn't have to be a Lost Zone Pokemon, any Pokemon. Um, it's just can be really explosive. Um, I mean, it, it can go from, oh, you've got no energies on board to, okay, now you have attackers ready to go instantly. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good. Yep. Oh, super cool. And second place is none other than UV Max. And I feel like we're talking a lot about this deck in <laughs> this particular episode. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I tend to agree. Um, and there wasn't very much change to um, this deck other than one new card, um, and that being Lost City, um, which can be very good. And like we were talking about earlier in the, the pod about the uh, Radiant Charizard. Mm -hmm. You just get rid of that, and you're kind of good to go. Yeah, kind of coasting. You can take X amount of Aqua Bullets, and this player decided to put a one-up Cheryl to make sure that nothing like Aqua Bullet would sneak up at some crucial point in the game. So, I actually it, just noticed that Cheryl too. Wow, and that, that and that is disgusting. I hate the. I, I don't hate it, but I strongly dislike how much versatility this deck has with just <laughs> name any supporter whatsoever. Like, you could probably play me with Kabu, and it would still be super good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, we get a nice little sneak peek as to what's doing well in Lost Origin. Obviously, we have a lot of meta to shake up, but maybe seeing these types of results is definitely going to open people's eyes on, you know, what the field has to hold and what opportunities they need to capitalize on. Obviously, after seeing Mew do this well, it would make sense to pack Drapion, maybe even two of them, but <laughs> I think that that's um, probably overteching. But if Mew stays as relevant as it is, it might not be the worst call. Yeah, that or uh, Drapion and a Thornton, just so you can bring it back if you need to. Yeah, I know. And then you're going to see people like, I'm going to Lost City that, and then I'm going to Lost City your Zard away, and you have no answers to anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a very interesting meta coming up. Um, I know you had mentioned uh, before we started recording, too, with the Singapore, um, you know, regional, that it was only a best of one instead of best of three. So even though these are like the, the results, it is kind of like take it with a grain of salt a little bit because there is a lot more variance with with the best of ones versus best of three, but still, I mean, uh, to go that far and to win the whole thing, it's it's going to have some kind of good, good consistency. So, Oh, absolutely. I mean, you can just look at the cards laid in front of you, and there's a high count of everything. In the Lost Box, you're running three rope, you're running three ordinary rod, three a four scoop up net, four quick ball, plus a uh, Hizuian heavy ball. Like, they're looking very, very consistent. Like, the tech doesn't seem super prevalent in any of these lists at any, uh, at any capacity. Yeah. In my, my time I'm playing Pokemon as much as I love the cute little text and stuff. I mean, consistency always is, is a good thing. It, it gets bringing, it brings you back. It keeps you in. It, it, it's consistency is key. Yeah. No, I tend to agree. So if you were to go play in a lost origin league, legal regional tomorrow, what would you play? Well, it's funny you ask that because I actually have a 1K coming up this weekend that I have no idea right now what <laughs> I, I'm going to play yet. Um, I've been actually, so I've been working on building the uh, Amazing Restaurant box, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like Lost Box. Uh, I'm really interested in Hisui and Zorark. I think that is 
Um, I know we kind of talked bad on it in our last pod, but I think it's actually going to hit a little bit better numbers. Um, and then there's uh, an actual a Requaza, or not a Requaza, but a um, Giratina variant that I'm, I'm working on right now that's kind of the higher on my list, so I don't want to spill too many of the beans on that because I might play that this weekend. And just in case any of my uh, my <laughs> local Central Florida buddies are listening, it uh, gives me the leg up on them. So. Yeah, no, I, I tend to agree. Uh, I'm kind of, kind of up in the air. I've been playing a lot of different Lost Origin decks, and obviously I need to get prepared for Peoria, and I need to not get blindsided with a fun 0-3 drop. So I, I'm kind of hyper-focused on Giratina variants right now, uh, but there's still a deep-down part of me that spent so much time playing Urshifu just in every format, and Sableye just promotes those perfect numbers. So I'm not leaving that off the field, and I definitely feel like it would be something people aren't ready for, but I feel like a Manaphy will just make you ready for any of it. So uh, that would be eternally bad for me. Yeah, well, and I do think there is a good potential with... with um... Rapid Strike, Urshifu, with the Thornton that's coming out. I think there's a lot of potential with that for just some incredible plays that will, um, you know, just completely make that deck go, go through the roof. Yeah, Specifically I, I like Yoga Loop plays and things like that. It's it's there's a lot of potential there. Yeah, I tend to agree. The only the only qualm I have with that is uh, starting <laughs> your Metacham not being able to <laughs> control when that becomes your only basic Pokemon in that opening hand. Uh, but I definitely think we beat these uh, these tournaments to death, and I thank you for being available to come record. And uh, sad Rick couldn't make it, but I'm sure uh, after all his wedding craziness uh, kind of simmers down, we'll be able to, you know, run run the big three once more. Yeah, no, I, it's kind of on me too. I, I pushed it up a little bit today, so um, so hopefully next time Rick can join us. Um, before we fully sign off. Um, you cool that I give a couple of shout outs to some local homies that did well at the Baltimore regionals? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, I want to give these guys, uh, some, some credit, obviously, uh, Jeffrey, Chris, um, he's become a really good buddy lately of mine. Um, obviously he didn't do too well. I don't even know what place he got. I just remember him messaging me and said three, four drop. And I was like, Hey man, we all have those days. Um, but Jose Marrero got 67th with, uh, Ark Zard. Um, he, he talked about it on stream, how it was the last event to play it, so he was going to play it. Um, 49th, we have Michael Ginchiro. He played the Mew, Va- uh, Mew VMAX with Meloetta. Um, he's actually a really cool dude. He's a very good player. He's the player that made me hate playing Mew VMAX, like myself, and playing against Mewtwo Union because at a, a ETB case tournament, he completely destroyed me out of top eight. Um, so i got to give him some credit. And then lastly, um, my buddy Colin Yates, um, he is a, a, he was a good player that is just all of a sudden out of nowhere, um, just done really well. He got 68th place playing Arc Duraladon as well. Um, Heck yeah. And that was pretty cool. He, he, he messaged me uh, right before it started and he's, uh, he goes, I'm playing your deck. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like the Arc Duraladon because he and him actually practiced for a 1K a couple months back where um, I literally specifically played against him. He was playing UV Max and I was playing Arc Duraladon and we kind of had the back and forth where he was worried about that matchup and I was worried about the new matchup. And so it worked perfectly and we just grinded game after game after game. And um, so it was, it's really cool to see him do so well with, with the Arceus Duraladon for his first real big event. That's awesome. 
that, uh, so sick. And so I would assume like it's first big event and that, that means it's first day too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. First day too. I remember we were, we have a big group chat for our local guys and, uh, and we were all just like every, every round, once the stream ended, it was like, Hey, how are you doing? Like, let us know, let us know. And, uh, it was, it actually came pretty close. He, he had won, a, I forget how many games and it came down to his last two and he had to win one for, uh, for his day two invite. And so he literally, we were like, you got this, you got this came back. Oh, I lost. And it was a lot came down to the last game and we were all stressing for him. And, uh, Finally, he came back. He was, he was, dude, I did it. I got it, guys. And we were, we were cheering him, and it, it was really cool. That is so sick. No, I'm super happy for them. And then, I guess, in the spirit of shout outs, shout out Eric, one of our Patreon who actually went and played at uh, Baltimore, played uh, Arceus Pikachu. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time talking about the deck, uh, did a little bit of practice here and there. Uh, didn't have the finish he was looking for, but definitely went out, competed, won games, and uh, super proud of them as well. Yeah, yeah, good job, guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, we'll meet back up after Peoria. We'll talk about how bad I did, and we'll talk about what decks won. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll be one and the same. Yeah, but uh, thanks again for hanging out, and uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We're going to go ahead and head out. Deuces.